Welcome to the Gem Revealed podcast, where together we discover your soulmate. This is a weekly series of powerful conversations with expert speakers, thought leaders, and relationship coaches talking through the victories and villains that weave their way into our most significant relationships. Please join me, Janine Moniz, founder of Gem Revealed Matchmaking, to learn the raw truth regarding the pitfalls and plateaus of dating in today's society. We will have open and transparent conversations surrounding the staggering facts that one out of every two marriages fail. Let's stop this insanity and learn how to date smarter. Learn how a healthy relationship starts with you. What do you need to do differently to build the right foundation for your relationship? Hello, Gem Revealed listeners. Thank you for taking a moment to stop by. My name is Janine Moniz. I have the privilege of being the overseer of Gem Revealed Self Mastery to Soulmate. And uh, I always strive to make sure that every week we give you, our listeners, something incredibly beneficial for you to really listen to, grow from, and most of all, be on your journey towards your best self and finding your soulmate. This week, it is incredibly uh, an incredible privilege to speak with uh, someone I think is just incredible, a newer friend. Uh, he and I met uh, recently, a couple weeks ago, at a phenomenal networking event and hit it off immediately with a lot of the same core values and conversations. And so great privilege of mine to introduce John Riley, who is, I, I'd love to give him some accolade here, psychotherapist and author. I am going to show his book, and I'm sure this will come up in our conversation. Ah, we're already, we're good minds think alike. Um, so he's an author of a book, a cool dude, um, has a phenomenal bride, by the way. I was just met her and had great lunch with her yesterday, by the way, John, not sure if you even know that, but uh, what a fun journey it's been in the short time. We've known each other, had some good conversation and good dialogue, um, but what an unbelievable job that you have in today's society, John, being a psychotherapist in the world of COVID. I can't even believe your phone must be ringing off the hook. But before we jump into that, let me set the scene here. So the reason why I thought John was so phenomenal in this is obviously the, the, the book in and of itself, the survival guide, the divorce survival guide. So as uh, from me and my perspective, right, um, I'm always looking to create that best self journey in effort to have a healthy relationship. And, I, you know, my scream and my plea out to the world is one out of every two marriages are breaking and are falling apart, dissolving creating havoc and chaos, right? And then second marriages are even more fragile and frail. So how do we look upstream? How do we go upstream and really talk about and identify what could we be doing different? So what I thought was so fascinating is that when you and I, you know, began to chat is that, you know, we're downstream, we're, we're downstream. People are coming to you really in, uh, you know, some really um, uncomfortable stages in their mindset and, you know, you get to walk them through it. And then you've also been in a really um, hurtful place going through a divorce. So all that wisdom that you have, I'm hoping that you can share from your perspective, from your practice, from being the dude who writes a book on a culture survival guide on divorce. So I'm just going to throw it back to you. What, what's going on, John? What's happening uh, today? You know, what are the perspectives you're holding? It's called the uh, Gentleman's Divorce Survival Guide. And it's very, True. very thin. One, because I know lots of guys 
you know, don't really like to read something, you know, about a topic like this. But so I wanted to just um, through my own reflection of going through a, a divorce, you know, 20 years ago, uh, it was a, it was a very painful process. And what I realized for me that it was a, there was a lot of emotional challenges going through it. But I also said, man, there's a lot to learn from this whole process. And if I'm going through the, the difficulties I'm going through, the emotional challenges I'm going through, the, the divorce actually, you know, went pretty smooth because I very quickly learned along the way and I had a good support team around me to, to get through it. Uh, I said, wow, if I'm going through this, uh, I'm sure people that aren't in therapy, aren't a therapist, you know, don't think about this stuff, really struggle. So I really made it for, for men to, to kind of some reflections for men, because I realized that uh, there was nothing up until that point in my life that prepared me for a divorce. It's not like I've had this charmed, easy life and then without any challenges, but this was really a challenging, it was a very humbling experience. You know, if you think about a divorce, you know, the person that you're, that you, you know, years ago, or whether it was two years, four years, 10 years, you were going to spend the rest of your life with, and, you know, till death do you part and all of that stuff. Here you are now at this painful juncture where you're ending that. So there's, you know, the dreams you had are going to go be, you know, go away and uh, you have to put some stuff on, on, on hold. And, and so it's a, it's a really tough time. And if you have children, which I did and we did, you know, it really becomes a lot more challenging because not only are you ending your marriage, you're ending the family as you, as you know it. And you have to, you have to come to terms with that. You are going to be spending some, this other person, no matter what is going to be part of your life for as long as, you know, for a long time, because you have a child together. If you don't have a child together, maybe you don't have to be such a gentleman and you can kind of end it up, I guess, if you wanted to do that. But I don't suggest that. It's really an opportunity to really kind of go through it as civilly as possible and to, to realize what the specific challenges are for, for men and, and to, to go through it in a, in a way that you come out, you know, better on the other side. You know, it's funny, as you're saying, and you're prefacing for men, and, and as I did read this, and, you know, this is truly like the bathroom material. You could go and read this in one sitting, <laughs> it's that, but it's that good. Or, 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 or 20 sittings, you know. It's it, a, you could have to get a it could be. But what I find, you know, fascinating is you said something in the struck a chord. Nothing could prepare you for divorce. And being divorced myself, I can tell you from the female perspective, nothing. Can, can, nothing. There is nothing out there that prepares you for the heartache. But I'll top, uh, outside of the emotional trauma, it's, oh my gosh, what do I do next? You know, where do these logistics come from? Who's going to teach me this? How do I trust that there's no justice in the justice system? But something you outlined in here that I thought was really great. Um, there is no winner. You divorce, there's just no winner. And don't come out to win. Don't go into this with a win. Come out to try to aim for the tie. Like that, well, that, was, that was really one of the things I, I realized. What, what, really, what really made me feel, and, and been talking with other men, uh, that I was not prepared for this is because, you know, most of the ways you prepare for things is to win. You know, you, I'm going to set out a course to be successful and win at, at this. And really, when it came, comes to divorce, um, you, you're not winning. You got to play. You got to play it best for the tie and really, really accept that there's some areas you're going to lose in. You know, a lot of, you know, I, I, written from a man's, uh, a, a men's uh, perspective and talking to other men, you know, men that have children, you know, the men do, at least at this juncture, for the most part, you know, wind up having to pay child support. 
pay alimony, you have to leave your house. There's a lot of losses involved in this and a lot of things that can really, really contribute to bitterness. So a lot of men try to hold on, they stay in the house too long. I say in the book, don't leave one minute earlier than the lawyer says you can, but don't, don't stay one minute past because you know living, living together when you're going through this process is tremendously stressful. And I've talked to people that have done it. They stayed in and the kids were having all sorts of difficult problems and it was all out of pride and I'm not gonna give up my house, but you, know, you gotta think about you know, what's best for you what's best for your, you know, soon to be ex-wife, what's best for your kids. And yeah, sometimes you just have to take the loss and you're going to, you're probably going to be the one that's going to leave the house. You're the one that's probably going to pay, you're going to pay alimony, you're going to pay child support. That's not unique to you though. You know, that's not unique to you. Talk to other people that have gone through the process. So you don't really, so you don't feel like you're getting screwed in the process. You know, it's, it's, it's just the way it goes. So you know, a lot of people are going to fight, 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 fight. And the more you fight, the longer it goes on. And actually the more money you spend and the worse the outcome is. It's funny, you know, we're speaking the same language again, you're at the downstream effect and everything that I'm really trying to share with Jem revealed is how do we safeguard this? How do we become the best version of ourselves? How do we ask the right questions, communicate in a way that is confident, in a way that is eliminates friction? And what I hear you saying, you know, downstream, if, if once again, if you're doing all these wrong things and communicating poorly and holding on to ego and holding on to pride, it's going to cost you money. You're going to hurt the mother of your children. And the best thing you could ever do to love your kids is to love their mother. And at least at this point, respect respect her right so if still if we don't do upstream and we you know we're not even trying to figure it out downstream and you wind up in that divorce you you gotta figure out the right methods to get through this with respect is that that's what i hear you saying yeah and i think one of the things that can be most helpful in in helping uh either side the man 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 or the woman's side is there's no victims in this yeah everyone's got to take some responsibility if you're winding up getting into divorce you have some responsibility for it. You might not have the most, you might not, you know, but, but you know, usually we kind of kid ourselves and, and, and kind of ignore some of the troubles nice. that early in a relationship, oh, we'll get to that later, or it's not that big of a deal or so, but, but some of those things that we kind of don't look at or don't give credit to are really things that are foundational. And if you're building a house, I was just thinking about this analogy before with a, with a patient of mine, when you're building a house, you want that foundation to be strong and level. If you don't build it strong, you know, on a strong level foundation, the higher you go up, you know, the windows don't open, the doors leak, the doors don't close. And the more, and as we, you know, go up in life, a deeper in a relationship, there's more and more stressors on it, good things, bad things. But if that foundation is not strong and you build on top of it, it's going to, it's going to uh, give you problems down the road. So really, I, you know, what I was impressed with you when we talked about this, that, you don't just go right to, uh, you know, try to match people up. You really try to learn what someone's core values are. So, or, or say, you know, and maybe assess whether they're, they're ready for that next step to go into a relationship. You know, really shoring up their foundation. What's important to them? Um, what's important to them? So, so they, they know what to look for in another relationship. Probably kind of finding out what went wrong in previous relationships. So they can learn from that. So starting with a good foundation, you know, how you deal with money what's your, your what's what's your religious uh feelings you know what are your thoughts about family about kids those are all things that people should ask right from the beginning 
you know, and really, and really, uh, if they feel strongly about it, don't really compromise on those things because those are foundational. You know, you can kind of compromise it. on other things, but not on the foundation. <laughs> you know, the foundation has to be strong. You know what's just hitting me now? You know, and I, I can't be any more confident in what I'm about to say. So you're right. We we've chatted and, and what I'm trying to do is build that foundation with people before they get into a relationship or if you are in a relationship, still do this hard work. Do the due diligence even if you haven't yet. And you're bringing up words that, you know, I don't use because that goes deeper into the intake session. But for our listeners, right, those core values, right? That has to do with the way that you handle your finances. When you talk about, you know, what is your, your spiritual life? You know, for myself, I, you know, tell the world, my faith is real important. It's a pillar. It's my decision makers. That's important when it comes yeah. to a relationship. And, uh, you know, unbelievably, if you don't have this crystallized in your head and it's not marked out and you don't know your non-negotiables, you don't know your purpose, you don't know your core values, you're, you're lost. You don't know what, how you're winning. And then you just need some hot guy or girl and you, you have some physical attraction and you jump in and then you're in robot mode. Yeah, the exciting modes, uh, the exciting parts of relationships are easy to tolerate, right? Oh, it's exciting. She's beautiful. He's 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 handsome and all that stuff. We're so excited. But what are, what are things like when all the excitement's gone? Because excitement doesn't last forever. You know what I mean? They, they, you know, the regular day to day life is not you know bells and whistles going off. It's really that you have to enjoy the other person. They're you know they're they're good parts. They're bad because everyone's got them, and and you have to have enough about your relationship that keeps you excited even when it's not exciting. You know, so, people look for the next exciting thing over and over and over again. That's where affairs happen. That's where, you know, it, you know, fighting happens because, you know, how come we're not like we were, uh, you know, a year ago when we were dating? Because that's a different phase of life. So you really have to have those core values to fall back on because the, everyone's got excitement in the relationship in the beginning. That's the easy part. It's, it's you know, what sustains a relationship over time. Right. And, and you know, there is there's a lot of work that needs to go into that, right? There's a lot that love is really a, a, an action step. It's not a feeling. Mm -hmm. It is a choice. It's intentional and it's an action step. But what, what I'm wondering is, you know, here we see these breakdowns and people are jumping into relationships. So from my view, you know, I'm trying to really safeguard it up front, make sure you have this understanding of who you are, build that strong foundation before you enter in. But what I'm wondering now from your perspective, since you're dealing with, you know, clients all day long in, in this area of psychotherapy, when they get to you, now you're not a relationship specialist, but when this foundation isn't crystallized and we're not building this abundant life and we're not really certain of our own path and regardless that's really no matter what really coming to a psychotherapist in the end I mean so we're probably doing a lot of the same work you're just trying to figure out the same things for people so just give me a little give me give me a thought on that oh uh, you know I, I about I'm not a relationship uh specialist but actually psychotherapy is but in a different way than finding people relationships it's actually helping people understand themselves in a relationship how their how their past relationships you know their family what got shaped in their in their early life because everyone you know people want to say i don't want to talk about my early life but that's where everything gets kind of that's the foundation that's where it's formed and started so really understanding how your how your family life what was what worked what didn't work what did you what patterns did you bring with you that are good for relationships that are bad for relationships what makes you realistic about relationships and unrealistic about relationships. So psychotherapy is actually about relationships because that's where all the, 
all the problems happen for people, right? You know, so uh, spend a lot of time trying to get people to understand. I, I get people coming to me that are contemplating divorce. I get people that are, you know, in a relationship, but it, it, as they get closer to somebody, they start to get really anxious. And they start to have all these, you know, and why is this happening? I met this beautiful, wonderful person. She's great in every way. How come I'm so scared? Or how come I'm drinking too much? You know, you might be drinking too much because you're scared. So really getting people to understand how, um, how difficult vulnerability is for people. Getting close and, 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 uh, and letting your guard down is, is a necessary part of the relationship, but it really can be very scary for people. So it's about, you know, helping people have some empathy for that an understanding of that, if that makes any sense. You know? Yeah, it, it absolutely does. What I hear you saying is that, you know, people are showing up with some of these past obstacles that are hindering them from getting to their best self. So yeah, I'm working with people who, you know, we're ready. You're ready to start doing that work and start building that life. But if there's something from that past, that's a pain point that needs to be broken up a little bit. That needs to be unearthed and right. mind through to really get to pinpoint it, to be able to start changing those patterns and those habits. Yeah. Why, you know, people tend to pick the same kind of relationships over and over and over again until they understand what they're, what they're, you know, replicating here. And, and then you try to work it through. I, I see that, you know, I've seen that a lot of times with, you know, certain people that wind up in abusive relationships over and over and over again, or they wind up being the abuser in a relationship. And you, you find out that growing up, they, their their father or mother was abused, and they swore I would never be that person. And there they are in my office, going, "I can't believe That's this me. Is happening to me. I can't believe in another bad relationship. I can't believe this happening and that, that happening." And so, you know, they want to spend the time. To, and it, look, it doesn't. Everyone thinks therapy. I mean, therapy can go on for years and years and years, but it doesn't mean you have to go to therapy for years and years before you can make some changes. You know that a lot of times, as you know, I you know, when people come to therapy. They're in a relationship and the stuff that gets brought up in the relationship, they bring into therapy and we can talk about it so they can learn and grow. So, you know, therapy is about looking at the past, but it's also really about helping people, you know, functioning in the present. There's a lot of work in the present that you can do to help people understand themselves better, understand their hurts, their anxieties, what sets them off, what, you know, what their dynamics are. So it's, I think it's, you know, one of the things I say in a book, I mean, just to get back to divorce, because there's some people, you know, that might be you know, in the middle of this whole thing, they might be dating, but they're going through a divorce right now. And, and uh, um, it's important to put a very good team around you. You know, if you get people that are, you know, going to, you know, tell you you're a victim and you should be angry and they encourage you to do stupid things to get back at your ex-wife or, you know, soon to be ex-wife, that's not the kind of person you need. And you're like, you don't want a lawyer like that. You don't want a lawyer that says, we're going to bury this person and you're not going to pay a dime. And, you know, pay the guy his retainer, uh, his consultation, if he can get out of that office. Find a lawyer that's realistic about this process with you, that it's going to cost money. It's going to take time, but we'll get you through it. We're not going to write inflammatory letters. Don't have friends that are going to encourage you to go get, you know, get drunk and then call your ex-wife and say all sorts of nasty things. Don't post stuff on Facebook. Don't you know, there's there's a lot of things that having a good team around you where you can kind of vent to vent and talk to and they won't encourage you to do anything stupid. That's really, really important. I, I think for some people, having a therapist do is a great is a great uh, team member to have while you're going through this process. You know, I, I can't say how much wisdom is in that. And when you say team, you're, you're talking just even, you, you know, your your friendship team. Yeah. Right? Don't, don't have the, you know, the drunkard 
baseball, softball team, you know, help you out here. You, you need that really rich, rewarding team that's really got your best interest, that's helping you move through this in a real healthy way. So there's so much wisdom in that that there's who not. Who you? Who can say, you know, uh, you're not just a victim here. You know, you kind of, uh, you had something to do with this thing. You know, if, you, if you're sitting at the, the bar with a bunch of guys from the Boulevard of Broken Dreams, they're going to encourage you to, you know, say, yeah, she, she, it's her fault. It's not you. You're a great guy. And then you feel like a victim and, and you don't want to feel like a victim. You really want to take some responsibility for this. You want to, you want to brush yourself off, reflect a little bit and, and, and grow. You want to grow. I mean, this is, this is a painful opportunity to grow and you, you can, and you should come out of this, um, you know, better than you started in a sense, maybe not financially. I mean, you're not going to be in a better shape financially after this, but you can come back out of, out of it kind of emotionally in a, in, you know, more mature, and you can take a, a better version of yourself to use your language, better version of yourself into your next relationship, you know? Yeah, that, that takes work. And I love, I, I got, I got to lean in a minute. Like you're, you're hitting it hard here. Like, dude, you're not coming out wealthier. Like you're not, forget it. You're not going to win. Go in for the tie, look in the mirror, take responsibility. And if you don't do something different to take some ownership and to grow from this, you're going to come out sucking your thumb on the end and be worse off. So if anything, and here's the dichotomy that I struggle with here, this is the wake up call because probably what got them to this point, and I know this is an overarching statement, so please no abuse over this, but overarching, you know, there's got to be a lot of blinders on to get to this point. Right. So what's going to take to get the blinders off? You got to get rid of the ego. You got to you call the coach, call the therapist, get somebody who has your best interest at heart. So it's, it's just so much. There's a lot here, a lot here to unpack. So with that, it, you know, as we're maybe wrapping up here, because I could go on forever. Um, what would it's you more, tell It's such a fun topic. It's such a fun topic. We can go on forever about it, but yeah. It's, no, but it's I, actually I like, not fun. It's just so, it's like you want to take the megaphone and shout from, you know, the mountaintops. I, I was just having a conversation earlier today. I'm going to take a left turn for five seconds and I'll come back. You know, if I knew today, I've been divorced 12 years. If I knew today, 12 years ago, I probably would have done a lot different. I'm not saying I... I regret everything. I'm not saying I want my ex-husband back by any means, but I would have done, I would have fought a lot harder to save it, a lot harder. I was living in a fantasy world as a very young girl and wanted this, you know, fantasy life that didn't include work, didn't include working the flexing the muscles and was very much about this relationship is supposed to satisfy me. And in the end it, it disintegrated. Now, Looking back, you only you know, wish you had that knowledge. But to come back to where we are at this moment is, what, what do you tell people? As we're wrapping up, what, what would you tell people to, one, you know, don't get to this spot. And if you do, here's, here's like one or two things. So how would you wrap that up? Like, what are, the, what are the, the action steps to disarm this? Don't go here. Don't get here. And what would you say if you're here? No, you know, I, I think it, it's it's a it's a good question. It's not an easy question, but I think it, it's a good question in that um, soulmates are not magical. Soulmates is actually a workmate. You know, any any anybody that's uh, wanting a soulmate has to have someone really that has a soul. I'm going to work. I'm going to be committed to this relationship. Every relationship has its ups and downs. Every relationship has, you know, they're not all perfect, but you know, they 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 
they need work. They don't, they don't just get stronger on their own. They get stronger under some pressure, some, some stress, some problems. If you're in a relationship that's never had, you know, you're, if you're in a dating right now, everything's wonderful. Should probably be, should probably date for a while the same person. So you go through the seasons at least, right? Go through the seasons of, of the actual seasons, but go through the seasons of ups and downs of troubles and tribulations to see how each other handles it. So you know where each other's strengths and weaknesses are and where each other, each other needs support. And then when you get married, you at least know that you, you know, you've been through some troubled times before and what you're going to do to work, but work, work, you got to work and commitment. A lot of people at their first sign of this, of distress in a marriage start to panic. Oh my God, I made such a mistake. You know, everyone's felt that way at times, but maybe you didn't make a mistake. Maybe you made a mistake thinking that it's going to, you know, be uh, this beautiful thing all the time. That's lovely. And, and you're never disappointed, but it's about really working. And then, you know, really assessing why am I, why am I panicking so much here? And then just ground yourself a little bit, cool out and, and chill and then talk it through. Because unless you really made a huge mistake and the other person, you know, is, is, uh, is, is civil with, you know, 19 personalities, you know, you can probably, you know, make, make it through. If you did actually marry Sybil though, uh, get out, you know, cause that's not a fixable situation, but most people think they're, think that they're in that situation and they re respond and panic, but just kind of really, really talk it through and sit down. And sometimes, you know, my, my wife and I now, I love when there's a problem, I want to solve it right then and there. That's my therapist <laughs> thing. It's my type A personality and she's type A, but she, she needs space. So when we're trying to work something out, I want, I go at it and that doesn't work. At, not, not that I get, not that I get overly aggressive. And sure, I want to work, I want to talk about this and she needs her space. And to me, that feels like an abandonment. And I'm like, you know, like, like she's given up, you know, I get into this moment. And then, you know, what I've realized over time is I need to give her space. She sometimes maybe needs to talk to me quicker than she'd want to, but it's a compromise. But when I realize that the space is what she needs, not, it's not necessarily a reflection on me. It really made it uh, a, a much easier process. And then I know if we're having a fight, at least have a day to myself to kind of, you know, think things through. positive in it. You're going to play pool with the guys. Yeah, there you go. There you go. You know, there's it, love is not a feeling. It's an intentional action step. I, I read a book I wish I had in front of me. It's actually in my kitchen. It's called Love Does. Highly, highly encourage it to, to really validate what you're saying, to put in the hard work up front, right? Just to, to recognize that it's, it isn't just this fantasy land. There is a lot of work. And I love the soulmate is actually a, a workmate. That's, that's wise. That's very wise to think about. You've got to come together and work it through. Yeah, it's, not, through. it's Even, not a mystical thing. You know, relationships that work out, it's not a mystery why they work out. They work out because they're, they're, there's, been, there's been work involved in it. You know, it's like uh, a marriage is like a marathon. You wouldn't, you wouldn't say, I'm just going to run a marathon and not train. You want to train. You want to run the short miles and all that stuff so you can, so you can endure for the long mileage. So, you know, it's really one of those things. And if anyone is you know, it's run a marathon. You can start out feeling good. And then you hit mile eight and it's like, oh, why am I doing this? And then mile 50, you know, and then like, I think there's a wall at like mile 21. Why the hell did I do this? I should get out of it. And you just have to endure to get through. And like a marriage, you're going to go through these ups and downs, you know, throughout it. And, you know, if you stay the course, I think it's a good, uh, it's a, it's probably the best relate, the most important relationship one could ever have. Right. So the training ground, which is really a good place to really stop here for a minute, is in the dating process. And you nailed it. 
date, you know, what Gem Revealed would really offer is to get to know them, not just because we both like to golf or go bike riding or hiking. It's so much deeper. It's really working through those core values. It's working through that, that what does an abundant life look like? Are we in synergy here? Is there that, you know, ebb and flow where you're, you come together in it? Um, and really take the time to go through the seasons and not feel this desperation. The relationship will never be the most fulfilled. It shouldn't be the most fulfilling part. It, it, a spouse can't handle that, right? A spouse can't handle to be the only thing that brings you fulfillment because then you're, it's just too much of an expectation on anyone. No one could, could fulfill that. You just yeah. can't. So you got to really have this big fulfilling life. So you just look like you're going to bust when I said something there. The, the, oh, no, no, the, no, I was just thinking about the, uh, the line, you complete me. And in some way, you know, some people, you know, will say uh, my relationship needs to make me who I am. I mean, relationships are additive, but you have to have a good core. Exactly. You've got to add into that relationship. Bring something good to add in. Yeah, the other person isn't going to make a, a you know, someone that's, that's, that's really got nothing going on for the, you know, com complete. They got to come pretty complete to begin with. And then that, that's added. It's not like you're going to, you know, you, you do complete me in a sense. It's kind of a funny thing. But you can't make me, you know, I got I to gotta bring a lot to the table in order right. for the, the table to look good with you coming on board. I agree. So if I were to summarize some of your key things and you tell me if I leave anything out. Right. So we have this guide. It's definitely towards the gentleman. It is. There's some I had, you know, tell any female who's contemplating divorce. I read it. It took me, you know, less than a half hour. Um, I would probably go back and read it again if I was going through the divorce. There's so many phenomenal principles in here. The one that really stands out to me and it really could, almost could summarize the whole thing is really learn how to be a gentleman. It says the gentleman's divorce guide. I would say really understand what that word gentleman means. And by the time you get here, it should be the wake up call to do to do this the best possible way in the healthiest way you possibly can. Um, and then, you know, we, we had some other dialogue, but I would say really going back to that book is really important. And then the other key takeaways were, you know, love takes work. It's, it's that, that's, that's not a soulmate. It's a workmate. I love that. And as we conclude, um, John, where, what would you say, you know, for people who are really at the point of psychotherapy and needing that for a relationship, any last words? And then maybe just if, if I don't, not sure how many more people you're taking since I know the day you had today, but if people wanted to get in touch with you, maybe just even to talk through some of this stuff, you know, can you tell us one, a little bit about, you know, what people would, what's a, what person should be reaching out to a psychotherapist and then are you available and maybe give us some contact? Info. You know, I, I always offer my services. Th thanks for that for that opportunity. Uh, I'm a psychotherapist. I've been in practice in Ridgewood, New Jersey, for about 28 years now. I can't believe that, but it's been that long. And uh, I, you know, now COVID has made us all experts on on video. So it really has opened up an opportunity for people outside of this area to have access to some really good therapists all over the country. You know, because they can do video, so it's a lot more convenient and not having to travel. So if someone is contemplating therapy or contemplating divorce and just wants someone to talk to, uh, they can reach out to me. I also, if I can't take on new patients, you know, I, I will talk to someone and try to make a good referral for them um, based on the network of people I have. So I'd spend a little bit of time talking with them. And if I can't be of help, I'll try to you know, put them in the direction of, of, of the right help. So I'd be more than happy to do that.
Great. Um, just for other people that are listening, is there any um, specialty? You know, when you say psychotherapy, is there, I, like, for instance, this is just really focused on gentlemen, but in your real practice in life, do you have someone that you're, you know, you do you specialize in anything? Yeah, I, basically my, my specialty is people like us, you know, people that are really looking to kind of, you know, uh, learn more about themselves, have more insight into themselves, help with relationships, help with everyone's in a transition of some sort. We're all transitioning later. So divorce is a transition, retirement is a transition, leaving college, starting a relationship. So really people that are struggling with, you know, everyday, you know, part of being alive. Everyone's got a neurotic life of some sort, things that are kind of quirky about them that, uh, that you know, it's sometimes important to work through. I also have especially of dealing with, you know, people with personality disorders, you know, that's really serious emotional ups and downs, relationship issues that really have been very disruptive to their to their overall lives and functioning and work, love and play. So, you know, that's another, another aspect, but my practice spans from, you know, I like to say 15 to, to 110, you know, I, I do have a very, very, uh, you know, range and trained to deal with different populations. So, but I, I love helping, uh, you know, men get through divorce because I, I realize what a tough, it's not that it's not tough for women. It really is, but they're, you know, women, women are, are more easily drawn uh, and apt to go into therapy. Men still, although, you know, Tony Soprano helped macho men get into therapy, you know, 20 years ago. So I think people are more open to the opportunity that therapy is where you go to get stronger. You don't go there just because you're weak. It's actually a way to, to, to really be the strongest person you can be. Right. And, and as I always share with my clients as well, you know, the difference, and you tell me your thoughts on this from, you know, coaching, I am working with people who are ready to take that leap and do some, you know, due diligence and sit down and focus and work with me and identify core values and work through some limiting beliefs. But with psychotherapy, you're going back to really heal some of the pain that's hindering you and break up some of these patterns that are stopping you from really being your best self. So something maybe uh, before I just say the next thing, would you how do you feel about that? Me, you know, oh, categorizing like that. Makes a lot of sense. People don't even realize that some of the pain is what's causing the problems presently. So really getting people to understand. Yeah. So with this audience, you know, I think many of my listeners more than likely, and you know, I'm not making a, a, I'm not pigeonholing it, but perhaps would be, they'd already be after the divorce. A lot of people in our age group. Sure. So still, if, even if you're after the divorce, not contemplating, but if you're after the divorce, you know, maybe somebody like yourself is somebody to reach out to for that strong, strong support to get through maybe the harder times to see the brighter, the brighter stuff ahead. Yes, yeah, so therapists are only, are, aren't only about pathology and dealing with bad stuff. It's also the healthy kind of, you know, work on being being involved in some good stuff and relationships are, are, are really one of the great things in life. So, you know, having someone there to help you navigate through that is important. Sometimes you need a, a coach, sometimes you need a therapist, sometimes you just need a good friend, you know, so it really on, depends on where you are and yes. what, you, what you need. So, uh, yeah, that's excellent. So then when you work with a gentleman and you get them in that great place and you pass them off to me, I could be the matchmaker. So I see a partnership here, John. I love it because I have a lot of, a lot of great patients that are um, looking to meet someone and, and, you know, being online and those apps and, and, you know, it's, it's, it's a nightmare. That's the black abyss. That's the black abyss. I'm consuming. And there's a lot of, you know, a lot of, there's not a lot of filtering, not a lot of screening that goes on in there. A lot of crazy stuff happens. So I have some people that, that have met some terrific people on there. And I had some people that have had some nightmare stories and, and uh, even the ones that had great ended great, 
had a lot of nightmare stories on the way. So it's it's a painful process. It <laughs> is. Sound like you can help uh, help cut out that uh, you know some of that at least. Well, we do actually have consulting practices over online dating, so it doesn't become that full time job or that black abyss because there is a science to it. So we've cracked right. the code there. So we want to help people work through that dating process also. But if you're ready for the matchmaking, certainly you know that's. Uh, our matchmaking is very different. It's really more about shaping you as a person to prepare you while we're out finding that soulmate or workmate. I may have to really make sure yeah, I weave your, that into my new lit in my verbiage. Maybe on your, uh, on your thing. I might have to, but John, this has been really awesome. I appreciate you. Uh, we'll make sure that we put up your contact info for anybody who really might be looking for a little deeper dialogue and need that great brilliant mind of yours to work through. But we hope that you have a great day and thank you again and we'll talk soon. Thanks a lot. Thanks All a right. lot. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Gem Revealed's podcast, Discover Your Soulmate. If you enjoyed what you heard today, please share it with a friend. And if you haven't already, subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast player. We really value your opinion, so please feel free to send us your question, comments, or feedback. You can email us at info at gemrevealed.com. You can also find out more about Gem Revealed services by visiting gemrevealed.com. I'll see you next time as we discover your soulmate.